There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi, I'm Nicholas Brendan, and you're listening to the Buffy Back Issue Ben. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Ben, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And we are here with a big old dud. Well. Sorry to put that up front. It's more like half of it's okay. Is it? That's fine. Or is it an unwanted wet fart of season nine? That saying is unwanted. Yeah, that doesn't ever need to come back in your vocabulary. That's fair. It's it would a, be fine if that died. But as with the majority of this season, this arc is written by Andrew Chambliss with art by George's Genty, who, quite frankly, is the highlight. Yes, the art looks lovely. Continues to bring it. I like his action bits. So we're actually going to talk about two mini art this episode. One is called Guarded, and the other is called Billy the Vampire Slayer Parts 1 and 2. But we'll get there in a minute. And Guarded stars our favorite Slayer of all time. Buffy! Kennedy. Also Buffy, to be fair. It's like half Kennedy. It really is. Everyone's fave. No one's fave. No. No one asked for this, but you know what I like about Guarded over Billy the Vampire Slayer? Buffy is in it. I suppose, if you're going to put a scale of things. But let's begin as we do. Buffy has apparently taken a job with Kennedy, and Kennedy has a private security firm comprised solely of Slayers who no longer have a purpose in the world since Buffy destroyed the Seed. Yeah, and so now the Slayers have become bodyguards, which, in my mind, is actually quite genius. Use what you got. Kennedy's got money and ladies with a lot of power. Yeah, and they also don't look like bodyguards, so they would easily blend in. I think it's quite admirable. Except Buffy's in a pantsuit. Yeah. When was the last time you saw Buffy in a pantsuit? It's not a good look for Buffy, necessarily, but I like the concept. I I like what you could do with it. No, no, I totally get they're going for, like, what they're going for. It just feels so strange to see Buffy in a pantsuit. Yeah, they're going for, like, Secret Service Buffy. I'm so used to, like, Buffy in a sundress. Maybe like if I showed up to work in a tux, I'd be like, where's t-shirt and sweatshirt combination? Well, now it's summer, so it's t-shirt alone. And shorts. And a thong's sandal. Yes. Yes. That's some of my favorite bits of like reading old like 60s Thor. He's like, I shall twirl my hammer from its thong. <laughs> he says thong so much. I love yeah, it. Yeah, of course he does. Good for Thor. Maybe it'll show up in the Thor movie. Think how much better it would be. Because <laughs> le- he was like... My thong broke on my hammer. So it has to be like Silver Age Thor, just Silver Age in general. You have to explain your powers. Like, if I swing my mighty hammer Mjornir from its thong quickly, I can smite my enemy via the thong. Just not the hammer? That's not the important part here? Well, he's swinging it from the thong. I know. The hammer's more just the delivery system. Right. Just stop saying thong. Anyway, back to Buffy. Pantsuit. So Pantsuit Buffy is in charge of this corporate guy something. Who she needs to protect. And then Buffy sees a demon down the hallway and Kennedy says, abort, abort. That's not the mission. She's like, big old demon gonna punch it in the throat. Right. Because Kennedy over Buffy's little Bluetooth speaker in her head. When Bluetooth was still a thing. Yes. That really died. Bluetooth is still a thing. That technology is still used. But you not, use it every day at the store. Yeah, but not like... Not like the earpiece. Yeah. Yeah. Remember those were the thing? I Yes. Look, we can see it on the page. It's right there. I do remember those. Anyway, Buffy is like, there's a demon down the hall. And Kennedy in her ear is like, that's not the threat we were talking about. It's not a demon. Buffy's like, don't care. It's a demon. So she pulls the Bluetooth thing out of her head. 
runs, attacks said demon. Demon's like, this is my actual job. Look at all of these pillow mints I have in my pocket. Stop keeping mints in your pocket. You should be fired from your job just on a gross scale. Also, the fact that Buffy finds the mints convinces her that he's actually a bellhop as opposed to anything else. She's like, you have mints, though. It's really weird that Buffy goes into his pockets. Have you ever seen Buffy go into the pockets of a demon? No, but have you ever seen a demon dressed like a bellhop? They did it once with Wesley. Like, in his first episode, he had an amulet in his pocket. They're like, it makes your suit bulge out. Maybe the mints made her... Made the pocket bulge. It didn't. It's just weird that Buffy's, like, getting into his personals. She's like, I'm gonna kill you after I take your wallet. Oh, whatever. The real signal goes off, saying that there's a real emergency. Buffy's like, "Uh uh-oh. Hightails it back to her... Client's room. Yep, where he's pressing the panic button. She sees the maid holding a gun to her client. Buffy runs in front of him to take the bullet... And it's a blank. Because this was all a training exercise. From Kennedy, who tricked Buffy into being like, you need to give up being the Slayer and actually just do your job as a bodyguard now that I've hired you. And Buffy's like, I don't want to. I don't want all the money this job would give me. Stop saying that I need to not be the Slayer. I am the Slayer. In every generation, a Slayer is born and there's not a few thousand of you now. But... Kennedy's like, fine, I will give you another chance. I have an assignment tomorrow. You can come with me. It's to watch this social media kid, and it's going to be fine. Some nerd who runs a company called Tin Can. We haven't seen Tin Can in the background of a bunch of the season so far. Exactly. Yes. We have. I've definitely noticed. We find out that Buffy is still in communication with Ko, her little demon buddy who is not trying to kill her, who was actually trying to help her. Is he from the Natobi tribe? Does that sound right to you? Yes, it does. I'm just trying to pronounce oh. demonese. Yes. Um, and he's the one who's living on Alcatraz. He's like, I owe you a life debt because you helped me with that one time, and now I owe you my life in debt. He's like, also, I could use your help. I really need to find out who imprisoned me a millennium ago. And Buffy's like, the whole point of me joining this was so that I could get a life without being connected to demons, and here you are trying to get me to hang out with you. I don't know. He's kind of a hunky demon. Are they going to be a thing? And no. Buffy's like, yeah, I can't help you. Goes back to her Slayer, non-Slayer summer camp thing that she calls it. Apparently, Kennedy's company, Deep Scan, has bunkers of girls and Buffy's going to rush out and kill some zompires. And right as she's about to kill a zompire, the cops show up. Yeah, it's super convenient. And do it for her. Yeah. And we find out that our detective buddy has been training... Dowling. Has been training the other cops... To stake zompires. Now, something this season does a little bit better than season eight did is season eight really only introduced us to one new character that was halfway interesting, Satsu. Oh, yeah. Season nine does a little bit of a better job between Dowling and Ko. Yeah. I think they're both interesting characters. Unfortunately, neither one of them have staying power, but they're both interesting. They are. I do not dislike either of them while they're here. So Buffy goes down to talk to Dowling. She's like, what's this? He's like, oh, yeah. I run this now. This is Dowling's division, the DD. Yeah, basically because his partner got turned into a really zompire. Really nothing? Well, what do you okay. want me to say? I don't know, something. I'm, I mostly look for reactions. Oh, sorry. And Dowling tells Buffy she should take a night off. She's like, what's that? I don't know what a night off is. Instead, I'm going to go join a private security firm. Yes. Is this a little all over the place already? Yeah. She goes to help Kennedy, and we find out very quickly that... Our buddy, whose name is... Theo. Theo. Theodore. 
So Theo gets off his private plane, and he's like, yeah, funny, I actually need help with protection against demons, and Buffy's, like, smirking in the background. She's like, ooh, I do that. I'm good at that part. Buffy front and center, yo. And he's like... I stop apocalypses. Apocalypse. I was gonna say, is that the plural of apocalypses? I don't know. I don't think it's ever have to come up. I don't know. Anyway, he's like, yeah, there's this organization from a hell dimension trying to kill me. You might have heard of them before. They're real all up in the law. Wolfram and Hart. Oh, what? Dun, dun, dun. We haven't seen them since Lila had a shit list and it was hopping dimensions. The senior partners who were big, blue, and flamey. Poor Lila. But you know what? I know I'm giving the angel side of things a little bit of crap for not doing their homework. They did it over here. Yeah, they did. They know They bring exactly it up real specific, on. yeah. I know, I appreciated that. I was like, ooh, we've all done the reading. <laughs> Good for us all. It's like a college class. I always did my reading. I would cherry pick certain passages, overanalyze them, and call it a paper. I would always do all of the reading for all the classes. I was going to say, in my grades were better than yours, but they weren't. They weren't. My grades were shockingly good. Your grades were shockingly good. All my friends hated me. Well, <laughs> academically. <laughs> academically, they hated you. Hopefully they liked me in other respects. Like, why is he getting good grades for doing nothing? You were good at what you did, I guess. <laughs> Thus, we move on to see the Tin Can profile page of Theo Daniels. Because Tin Can is Facebook. It's just Facebook. But I like that their logo is the Campbell's can. It's tin can. and It's it says, real Warhol. Internet for the soul. Like those books. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. By the way, they still sell those. Do they, are those still going? Yes. How many souls are there left? I don't know, but I sold, sold some the other day. You sold some for the soul? Yeah, I did. It was weird. Also, can we talk for a moment about the fact that it's internet for the soul, and it's Wolfram and Hart who are connected to it. The opposite thereof. I mean, the only soul they cared about was angels. That's true. But we see some people have written on his wall. One of them says, why'd you leave Prague so fast? <laughs> well, like one of them, he's like, answer your phone. We're worried. At 2.15 a.m.? You know why? Because it's 2.15 a.m. Oh, there have been plenty of nights that you've been out at 2.15 a.m. Have there? There must have been. Since we were married? No. Previously in your life, if you had a lot of money and you were single, you would be out at 2.15 a.m. every night. I guess it depends on what state I was in, depending on when the bars closed. If you were in Prague? I don't know when the bars closed in Prague. You would be out at 2.15 a.m. Okay. I was not. But we see Wolfram and Hart starts up a chat inside of Tin Can. And their profile with picture a demon. is just angry red eyes and a black screen. I kind of like it. It's like, you must kill our investment. And a demon goes, okie dokie. Summarizing here. Yeah, pretty much. They're like, fine, I'll kill him. And Kennedy and Buffy, who are with Theo, get some information out of him. Basically, he says that he created Tin Can for Wolfram and Hart based on a grant they gave him. And even though the dimensional barriers are down, this has demon technology connecting it that happened before the seed was destroyed. So Wolfram and Hart is still connected to this world, and they're going to use his technology to come over and start a law firm? Yeah, or just stay connected, I guess. That they want to use more of Tin Can to connect to more of the world. It's not really clear what Wolfram Hart wants Actually, to do. Actually, in all fair, they've been here for a good long while, and all they did before was 
have some law firms. Well, I mean, they control the law, a lot of things through the law firms. Yeah, but still, like, they can't get back here. Otherwise, they'll have a tax portfolio. Well, I mean, they did some pretty terrible things. Yeah, you know. Angel did a lot of things to make sure that they would not have a foothold in L.A. anymore. Yeah, including erasing everyone's memory of the L.A. branch. Does anyone remember the L.A. branch? Because apparently Buffy does. I don't. I guess we didn't all do the reading. Buffy didn't. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Buffy wouldn't anyway. Yeah, in all fairness. And Theo's like, we need to destroy Tin Can. And we just can't, like, unplug it. We have to destroy the Tin Can service to prevent Wolfram and Hart from coming back to this dimension. Yeah, because I guess Wolfram and Hart have decided that now is the time to make their entrance into the world. While the world is weak. Yeah. That is right up their alley. It is, actually, yeah. And Buffy's like, but everyone will hate you, just so you know. And he's like, that's okay. Just like they hate me. Yeah. Because I'm doing the right thing, except I'm not deleting everyone's social media, which is truly evil. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a dumb arc. Let's just keep going. So, anyway, the giant demon that literally giant, giant, giant octopus type demon that invades the entire building starts killing off security guards. Will that come back to haunt us? Doubt it. Why does it kill the guards? Why does it matter? It's not like the guards are trying to take down the building. It did kill the guards. I can't help that. I know it did, but what was the reason? Wolfram Hart's like, protect our investment. Kill Theo Daniels. And the demon's like, okay, security guard. Let's start with him. Um, Is your name Theo? I'm bad with names and faces. So Kennedy's like, what are we going to do about this situation? We are facing a giant, giant octopus. Yep, Buffy says it's a demon so big no one's actually ever seen its face and they only ever see its tentacles. So she has the grand idea of going out to Alcatraz and getting her best buddy, Co. She's like, you owe me a life debt? Let's debt some life, yo. And he's like, why should I honestly help you? Because you didn't help me. Life debt. Pretty much. No, really, this is the conversation. Yeah. So they hop- Have I mentioned this is the weakest part of season nine? They hop back to Tin Can headquarters, which this is all taking place in one night. How do they get to Alcatraz and then back? Private jet that Kennedy has. That quickly? Kennedy has a private jet. Anyway. So is Theo. They have multiple private jets. So They put a jet on their jets. On a, in a weird moment, Kennedy looks over at Ko, who is very demon-y in every respect, and she just goes, he's kind of cute. Weird. She's like, for a guy? Yeah. Like, yeah, no. He's not. He's not that cute. They storm the castle, and by the castle, I mean... Facebook headquarters. Tin can, not Facebook. I can't believe we're talking about this. Look, Cohen Kennedy start hacking away at the tentacles, shooting it. It's real Japanese porny. And then Buffy and... What? I was hoping you weren't going to stop me there. I was just going to try and gloss over it. And Buffy and Theo try and get to the core, where they're attacked and Buffy and Theo are wrapped up together. In different tentacles. Meanwhile, Co. Kennedy, you're still fighting the tentacles. And something starts talking and says, you cannot win. But it's not the demon, because it can't talk. Well, from a heart found speakerphone. So good for them. And to solve this problem of, we can't find the center of it to blow up its brain, Kennedy throws a grenade at it. And? She's a real problem solver. The grenade blows up the brain of this thing and it's dead. Anyway, Buffy and Theo have made it to the heart of this whole situation. They start shutting down the cooling system and basically the whole thing will catch fire and that's what they're going to do. Yeah, they're going to overheat the system to try and destroy it forever. Did I mention this is a dollhouse writer? Does this sound familiar to you? Oh yeah. No, it does. Yeah. But right as we're about to do that, Ko comes back 
pulls Buffy out of the way and says, Wolf Remen Hart, I know you can hear me. If you identify the demon responsible for my imprisonment, I will kill the boy. Your connection to this world will be saved. And it turns out that honor outranks the code of honor for his life or whatever. Vengeance. Yeah. We've never had a vengeance demon in this show. Nope. So... This comes out of nowhere. One, how does Ko know that they have the information he needs? Yeah, because he didn't even really know who Wolfram and Hart were. He was like, they were bottom feeders back in my day. And Buffy's like, eh, they stepped up. Yeah, and so why does he think that they have the information? Unclear. Yeah. But also, he was so intent on getting to Buffy to be like, I owe you a debt. So when Buffy calls in that debt, he's like, yeah, I'm not so worried about that anymore. And Ko's motivation would work a lot better if we actually knew what he was all about at this point. We'll find out in the next arc, but... The next true arc. Why not just give us the information? At this point, I think it's probably hurting the story more than helping it. It's not a good mystery. It's just like, why is this guy all up about this thing? Thus, we move on to the final part. Of Guarded. And Wolfram and Hart's like, yeah, we got the information, but you gotta make sure that our gateway stays open and then we'll give it to you. Hang on, take while we go get it. Buffy and Kennedy are back together trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, Buffy retreats to go try and... Figure out what to do with Ko. Mm-hmm. And Kennedy is like, look, Buffy, it's just you doing your thing all over again that you're so worried about saving the whole world that you're going to get all of the little people who are stuck in the way hurt. And Wh- Buffy's like, that's not fair. You're not talking about Willow. Kennedy's like, you're going to get the little people killed. You're going to get Theo killed. Just like you got Giles killed. Buffy just punches her. In the eye. It's a straight eye punch. Yeah, it really is. Immediate black eye. Kennedy... You know, Slayer strength, healing defenses, just immediately puffs up like, I hurt. Yes. Somehow that solves their little problem right now because they decide to work together to try and sneak in and save Theo, except they have to do it secretly because Ko will be able to see them coming through all sorts of security cameras. He has lasers for hands. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that. That Ko can make like laser disc pizza cutter things come out of his hands. Yeah. I like it. It's a big deal. And so Wolfram and Hart go, we have your information. Kill the boy. And Ko's like, I'm not doing that until you give me the information. So they're transmitting the data on a really slow internet server, evidently. Tin can sucks. And out of nowhere, Buffy kicks Ko in the face. And this is probably my favorite panel of art because we get some great onomatopoeia. Crack. But it's not just that it's saying crack. It's that the word crack is also cracking. Like Buffy kicks him in the jaw so hard. This is bone breaking kind of crack. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's a great effect. So Theo continues destroying the servers while Buffy fights Ko and his laser discs. And Kennedy tries to get Theo out. Will she get him out in time? We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, she does. She does, definitely. So they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. Co it, slices her across, slices Buffy across the face. And right as Wolfram Hart is about to give him the information, the connection is severed. And the whole thing explodes. Co just leaves. He's like, you'll never understand. I'm not going to tell you why I was imprisoned. Co out. Pretty much. So the two slayers and Theo limp home. And Buffy's like, so basically you're, you're firing me because I did everything against what you told me to do. Luckily, Theo didn't die, but... None of this went according to plan. And Kennedy's like, no, here's your check for this job, and we're going to hire you on for more. And Buffy is shocked at the amount of money she has, but then gives the check back, even though that's for the job she already did, and she goes, no, I can't take your job, because I'm the Slayer. 
Take yeah. the money for the first job. You did that already. Right. That's fine if you don't want to continue that's this. That's a bad But position. that's money yeah. for something that you have already, for services that you have rendered. Yeah. That's not a... This is why you're poor. Yeah, that's not an advance on your salary or a signing bonus. This is money. And then the other side of this is we see Wolfram and Hart off their dimension. They're like, oh, we could have told him the truth. There's a millennium old demon who's still on Earth that imprisoned him in the first place. Look, think about it for a minute. You'll get there. How many ancient demons do we have in this world that we currently know that could possibly be responsible for this? Once you get to the one and only answer, like you got there. Good on you. It was super obvious. So anyway, this arc... What does it do? I like the idea of trying to find the Slayers a purpose and trying to find Buffy a purpose beyond pouring coffee that's like using her Slayerness without being an actual Slayer. I don't know. It just was too... Eh. And it almost hooked me. Like, the end of the first issue, like, when I was first reading, like, Wolfram and Hart is back. I'm like, <gasps> that's Wolfram and Hart on the Buffy side of things. How will that be different? Oh, she fights Facebook. Yeah, it would have been better on a lot of different levels if Wolfram and Hart had managed to come back and, like, had gotten stuck in, like, if Buffy could have actually fought more than one Wolfram and Hart demon. Yeah, just a demon they grenaded to death. But, anywho, that was kind of weak. Let's... But God. let's 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 enjoy that moment because I liked that Buffy was there. Let's sink deeper. And I liked that Kennedy was not as annoying as she normally was. And I liked that it wasn't this. Cause here we go into a two-parter called Billy the Vampire Slayer, written by Jane Espenson and Drew Z. Greenberg, both show writers, with art by Carl Moline best known to this world for being a fray artist and i don't know okay take it away because so before we start this uh, this might be one of my least favorite little things that we've read just on a scale of buffy stories in general billy the vampire slayer is a big sack of crap so it's kind of along those same lines of we read a couple of one shots that were based around this time period but it was but they weren't based on characters that we knew so it was like a couple of vampires who were living before the sea got destroyed and those ones it it's more in that vein thankfully this was so poorly received that this character is going to go away before not too long forever good yeah it's the kind of arc where i get where they're trying to be progressive and inclusive but i think it might actually come off as more offensive and yes. misguided than anything. Misguided is a great term for this little two-issue arc. Because I, I get what they're trying to do. But let's just dive into it. And I didn't write this, so don't blame me. So we start off seeing a boy and a girl who are on the hood of a car. Like, they're doing the thing from Wayne's World, where they're sitting in front of the airport and having plans fly over them and having, like, big, deep conversations. So there we go, Wayne's World. I've never seen it, but I believe you. And they're talking about all these things, and we find out very quickly that the boy is gay. Yep, Billy. Billy, our gay character leading all of this, and we're treated to a nice pink title sequence. It's kind of purple. Pinkish purple. Okay. So that's the level of sensitivity you're going into with this, so just 
strap yourselves in. So one of the planes that flies over them has a zompire in its cargo. cargo. Hold. The zompire breaks out of the cargo hold and turns all of the crew into zompires. And so zompires have come to this little corner of the world. The confusing part is that any vampire that was created after the seed was destroyed should be a zompire. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, most places in the world should have zompires at this point. Because I can't imagine that all vampires were immediately like, yay, let's follow Harmony's thing and not create any new vampires. Yeah. So but anyway, unrelated. The, the zompire craze spreads over time. And by craze, I mean a bunch of people die. We see that Billy lives with his grandmother because his parents rejected his gayness. And he lives with this old hippie. Yep. And he's bullied, shockingly. Yep. And he has a crush on a boy named Cute Devin. Yeah. Full name. <laughs> and so Billy is training, but he's only been training for like a week, but he's in training. By in training, it's just a kid hitting a heavy bag. And doing jump rope. It's kind of like if you watched Rocky and then just did whatever he saw on the Rocky montage, the training montage. He caught a chicken? You know what I mean. Did he crap lightning? I hope not. That seems dangerous. No, I'm sorry I mixed up. You're going to piss lightning and you're going to crap thunder. Sorry, what was that? I was Burgess Meredithing that. Were you? Not a terrible impression. No, it wasn't. Really? You didn't think that was halfway decent? I haven't seen the original Rocky in a while. It's been that long. It's been like three years. It's not. Yes, it has. Well, guess what we're doing? <laughs> How much Rocky? We're going to Rocky 1 through 7 this. That sounds fantastic. I love Rocky. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Rocky instead. It stinks. Let's just change this I'm still doing Burgess soon. Meredith to rocky so we find out when billy our buddy is training that second one wasn't as good no it wasn't sorry when billy our buddy is training at the gym that cute devon stops by and cute devon's like hey i just i didn't know you were a fighter he's like i'm not i just fell down from punching a stationary object so not well whatever and billy goes lasai Man, that was stupid. Let me, you really jump forward of cute Devin leaving being like, see you around, fighting training guy. And then Billy goes, Lesai. So we find out. You're that, a bum. We find out that all the, zam- the zompires have been. Well, at least I found Burgess Meredith on this episode. So there you go. I bet I'm peeking on the mic though when I'm doing it. I'm sure you are. So we find out that Ooh, all. I am. Look. Oh my. I'm peeking like crazy. Yes, you are. Maybe I'll cut that. Maybe I won't. So we find out that all the zompires have been living in an abandoned strip mall and breeding or whatever it's called. Siring. Turning. Billy's on his way home and he gets bullied by a bully we've already seen. He's like, stop it, bully. And the bully's like, what am I doing? And what he's doing is getting the top of his head ripped off by a zompire. Yeah, it's not great. It's super graphic. Like It the, is, actually, yeah. Like, his skull is... Cracked? Is, yeah, like, the zompire, like, sticks his fingers into, like, the very top of his skull and just rips it off like it's a baseball cap. It's really gross. There's a brain stem in there, some blood. This dude's dead. And so there is a zompire now who is trying to attack Billy. And just as Billy is about to die, cute Devin defies physics reaches down and pulls him up on top of a roof somehow. Yep. 
And on his way up... No, really. You're not focusing on the physics of that at all. Like, that is impossible. Yeah, it is. On the way up, Billy manages to crack the zompire in the, in the jaw, so that's good. But with a less impressive crack than Buffy had. Yep. That sounded dirtier than I meant it. Well, I didn't really think about it till you said it, so... Well, I didn't mean, mean it, it like that. Way. that. <laughs> it's just true. Like, Buffy had, like, the bone-shattering, like, crack of the onomatopoeia was cracking with it. This is just, like, crack! And so, conveniently, uh, they land on top of Billy's roof. So they happen. Devin to... was just on his roof. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. cute Devin. Cute Devin. So cute Devin and Billy hop into Billy's room, where they are immediately attacked by a zompire because zompires don't need invitations. That was my thought as well. I was confused. I guess it's not really part of the lore we've established. I don't think we have anyway. So I guess zompires don't need invitations. We also find out that Cute Devin is super into Slayers as well. Oh, that's not where I thought that sentence was going. Oh. He's also super gay. Yeah, but he's also super into Slayers as well, and he says that Buffy Summers' people have been twittering. Yeah, that's how he knows the term zompires, because Xander's been on Twitter. Get off Twitter, Xander. And so they start talking about slaying, and Cute Devin, who, by the way... We're pretty clear he's never really met Billy before, or at least, like, not much more above acquaintance level. But Cute Devin's like, I study Slayers, and I've had an idea for a while now about who would make a great Slayer, and he just looks at Billy. Billy's like, me? But I'm a boy, and Slayers are girls. Basically, Cute Devin's answer is, um, zompires are easier to kill than vampires, so... If you really want it, you can be a slayer too. It'd be fine. Um, it's an odd response. Billy manages to stake a zompire that comes in through the window, so he's feeling pretty good about life. He stakes it through the back and he falls on top of cute Devin just in time for his grandmother to walk in and be like, Am I interrupting? She's pretty yeah, excited. You are. I kinda like the grandmother. You are interrupting. The zompire killing. Yeah. And they decide that cute Devin is just going to call him cute Devin is going to be the watcher and Billy is going to be the slayer just because he wants it bad enough. Yeah, we don't actually. So cute Devin will stay out of the line of fire so Billy can go die. Yeah, it's so weird. They don't talk about the words watcher before this. They talk a lot about how slayers are called, but then they talk about how Billy was not called to be a slayer. Yeah, there's this whole thing about, like, slayers sometimes have intense dreams all at once, and sometimes they come gradually. This is all, like, voiceover narration. But it doesn't have anything to do with the action that's happening in front of us, nor nor with the conversations that Billy and Cute Devin are having. Billy's never called in any way, shape, or form, except he just wants it bad enough. But also, he hadn't even heard of Buffy, but he seemingly was big into slayers. It's all very unusual. Yeah, so... Billy and Cute Devin train. Billy is really bad at a speed bag, so he keeps stabbing them with knives. That ain't cheap. That's like 25 bucks a bag. Stop stabbing the bags, you financially irresponsible child. That's your biggest problem. Yeah, it is a little bit. I mean, they're a bit pricey. And Devin's like, I'm running out of speed bags. Billy's like, well, I'm running out of knives. First of all, you're not running out of knives. One knife would work per, like, multiple speed bags. Stop stabbing the speed bags. That ain't free. Anyway, Billy and Cute Devin 
find out that the vampires are living in this strip mall. So they go at night, dumb. When the vampires are most likely to be awake and murdery. Yeah, so that's dumb to begin with. And they're like, this is just a preliminary, trying to figure out what's going on mission. We aren't actually able to kill things yet. We're not that good. Because there's over 20 of them. They're like, reconnaissance mission. There's 20 of them. We're boned. Right. They also have a vampire creep up behind them. So Hugh Devin kills him, which is weird because he's supposed to be the watcher. Yeah, Billy's not good at this. No, neither of them are actually good at this. I mean, they've successfully killed two vampires, which is in like two nights, which is more murder than I usually do in two nights. That's true. They decide they're not ready to fight them yet. They go back to... Of course. Like, no one... A 20-on-one fight? Yeah. No one could do a 20-on-one fight. So they go back to Billy's room, and the TV is on, and they hear that vampires have taken hostages at the local library. I don't know why they've taken hostages, because they're supposed to just be, like, totally feral, but... Anywho, you'll never guess who works at the local library. But Sky. The grandmother. Oh, she has a name. Oh, yeah. She has a name. Her name is Sky. They somehow know that Sky isn't dead. And but Billy's that she's like, hiding. I have to go save her. And Devin's like, no, you can't do it. And it's supposed to be like this moment of like, yes, he can. You know what? No, he can't. He's a teenager fighting supernaturally strong demons. You know what he can't do? Anything. So they get in a little fight. I really would have preferred if this ended more realistically like, there's a 16-year-old going up against, like, something that's stronger than the world's strongest man. You know what would happen? The 16-year-old would die. Definitely. In, like, half a second. I wish that was the story. That would have been hilarious. Okay, I'm glad it's not, but none of this is... I don't know. I have the gumption to do it. No, you don't. Like, you're bad at this, and you're a teenager. I'm not even finishing my sentences here. I don't even know what to say. But uh, they th- have a little fight. Billy's like... My grandmother's the only one who's ever loved me. I'm going to go save her. I don't care if you come with me or not. So he puts on his purple hoodie, goes to the library, which he evidently knows how to break through the bricks on the outside of the library to... Sneak in? Yeah. Who's sneaking into libraries? He's like, I was bullied a lot, so I know how to sneak into the library. But legitimately, he's... Just use the front door. He's pulling bricks out of the side of the library wall. Like, that's a normal thing to do. And he pulls enough out for them to be able to go in through the wall. But also... This is a poorly constructed library. Yeah. I hope this isn't a load-bearing wall. But in the middle of this, they Cute have... Devin shows up. We didn't even mention that. Cute oh, Devin's yeah, there. He's like, I couldn't let you go in alone. He's like, I like you. I don't want to lose you. And Billy's like, you like me? I like you. You're the cutest boy in school. I think Devin just wants to watch him die. He's like, I'll be the watcher. You be the slayer. He just keeps on following Bill to all these, like, life and death situations. It's like, gonna watch a boy die. Yeah, I don't... Devin, cute Devin gets off on that. I watching boys die. I don't think that's the answer, but... It's definitely what it... I mean, it's not what it is, but it's what it should be, because there's no reasonable explanation <laughs> that this should work out. The fact that Devin's like, I'll be your watcher. I'm gonna watch you die. So, anyway, they make it into the library in this, like, weird little room. Luckily, there are no vampires in that room. And they're like, okay, the room that we saw Sky in on TV is across the hallway. Except I looked at all the TV shots. You can't see Sky in any of them, which is just annoying to me. Like, I just. So the, yeah, I wanted the art that to and be the clear. script isn't matching up super. And so 
they just jump out into the hallway, like, no thought, and they get attacked by zompires immediately, shockingly. Billy drops his stake. Luckily, cute Devin has a second one. Yeah, Devin has been far more effective than Billy has. So they run around. They're trying to find his grandmother, dusting some zompires. They make out. Yep. Okay, this is one of my bigger pet peeves. That is not the time, okay? I don't care that this is, like, entirely made up, but that is not the time. There are zompires everywhere. They would have taken advantage of that, if any of this were real. Well, someone took advantage of the situation, and it was the boys kissing. Okay, so... Like, high-stakes adventure. Kissing time. They fight their way over to the room that Sky's in. And they dust all of the zompires in their way. They get there. They find Sky. They hold hands. Life is cute. And all of a sudden, Buffy's there saying, the right way to fight back is to remember you are not fighting alone, even when it seems you are. Where did Buffy come from? Why didn't they die? How did Buffy know that they exist? They're in Santa Rosita, I think. I could take people trying to stand up to the zompires but the idea that you're trying to like duplicate the slayer watcher relationship and buffy's like yeah i respect this also buffy shows up with this random guy it has to be detective dowling we can't figure out who it is based on the art but buffy is there with a guy he has one line he just says you're not alone new team us except it's definitely not xander because he has two eyes it's not how Dowling's ever been drawn, and I don't think it's Riley, so I think Buffy led on a Tinder date. Actually, at this point in time, it'd be her okay Cupid date. Buffy had an okay Cupid date, blew up his ego, because this is no one that we know. I just, I don't like that Buffy showed up right at the end. I don't like that we haven't had any connection with Buffy, and then all of a sudden she's just there on a rooftop, and they... Ocean. All of a sudden, she's just there on a rooftop, and she doesn't know why. I I don't know. And they're like, we'll do this together, because we're I Watcher and Slayer? What is this? And then Buffy walks off, and she's like, you belong. Also, can we just look at cute Devin, who's just... Everybody else has, like, these fierce expressions on. Cute Devin's standing off to the side, just... Yeah, this is... Smirking? No, this is a full splash page. The last page is just Buffy, steak and hand saying, you belong. Billy is following, cracking his knuckles. Buffy's okay Cupid date, because who is this guy is walking there, too. Cute Devin has his hands folded in front of him, innocently enough. But he's also just standing there smirking. Everybody yeah. else is walking. <laughs> he's doing nothing. He's like, all right, see you later. I like to watch boys die. Okay. This one... I like that they want to be inclusive. That's cool. However, it doesn't work. Nothing about these two issues works. There's nothing, like, I don't know why Buffy is supportive of this. And it feels, like this I don't know. Like, this is a 16-year-old who has no training other than he spent a week jump roping in a gym and stabbing some speed bags. That's as, as much as he's done. So, it is incredibly foolish for him to be out around the zompires. He doesn't have the slayer's strength he's the seed is destroyed for one thing second thing he's just not a slayer it feels like you're trying to push too much between homosexuality and gender politics to be like oh the gay kid is a slayer who so far they've been exclusively women Mm -hmm. that 
You know, no, I'll just put that out there. I'm not going to read into it any further than that because I am just, I'm not articulate enough to possibly try and tackle that. But I'm just going to say it's weird. It doesn't feel... It feels like it's trying to be inclusive, but it feels like they're trying to grab at too many different straws all at once. That's exactly what it feels like. Nice job. It's a lot of, like you said, themes that they're trying to put into two issues. And they're trying to put a lot onto this one character, Billy, for a show that has been so nuanced in much of its dealings. Yeah, and I mean, this really continues um, the missteps of season nine. We have two arcs left in Buffy. And thank I enjoyed the last two arcs. But I feel like metaphor has gone out the window. Like between the robot pregnancy, which is a metaphor for nothing, and then Billy the Vampire Slayer with his magenta title. It, what are we doing? Because that's the thing, is that if Billy were just a character who wanted to... Fight back, like fight against... Yeah, fight the vampires to stand up for his town, to stand up against bullies, to stand up... And even to use Buffy as an example. Of how you can stand out and how you can be unique and work together. All of that's fantastic. Yeah, but something that has been entirely a symbol of feminine strength. Yeah, I'm not the one to speak on this. I don't have the words for it. I mean, you guys read it. I'm just gonna See go. See what you guys think. It's weird. I have a lot of issues with the story itself. I also just don't like the Billy themes. So I don't know. Who's this kid think he is? He's a 16 year old fighting demons. You know, from what we've seen of demon like vampires in this world, especially vampires, things that are stronger than the strongest human by far. Mm-hmm. And he's just going like this kid with no training or anything is just going around and killing a bunch of them. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, I just... I'm glad this character doesn't get continued much beyond this. This was a failed experiment. And in marketing, they really tried to, like, play it up. Like, look at this thing. We see a little bit more of him, but not a ton. At this point, it's a, we almost need to shuffle him off because we made a big deal out of it. Yeah, it's more it's more the way that these two issues are put together. That a lot of things are set up and they just aren't well organized I don't know why Buffy's there. I don't know. I, I don't know a lot of things, and that frustrates me. Buffy fought for like two solid years against Dawn getting involved in this, and the only reason she let Dawn get involved in it was because she was right there, and Dawn had experienced a lot of it alongside of her. This kid's had two nights out, and Buffy's like, "All right, time to fight. Let's kick some ass." Thanks for finding me on Twitter. Well, anyway, this is. The low point of season nine. Like, it's real bad. I know. I just... It's so hard because I can see what they wanted to have happen. I can see how they wanted to make slang be more inclusive and how they wanted to... Look, I called that Harmony one shot the worst thing that's happened. This beats it. This is the worst thing. This is awful. I'm so grateful the rest of the season on every front is good. Next up, we got a Spike miniseries. That's good. Then we got a Willow miniseries. That's good. The rest of Angel is good. The rest of Buffy is good. This is putrid garbage. But I guess that'll do it for this. It's unfortunately, I don't know. Next week you get Spike. Look forward to that. 
Yeah, we got a new writer in who is going to do a fair chunk of work next season. This is his first go around with Spike. This is going to be our last Spike miniseries. I mean, so far, we can only speak to what's out right now. We started heavy with a lot of Spike miniseries, and this is going to be the last one we do. Unless another one comes out. It's not, you know, it's also not Brian Lynch, which is our first one. We're Lynchless. That's sad. I mean, he's doing stuff. Good for him. We saw a movie of his last summer at the drive-in. With the podcast puppy. He was there. He saw The Secret Life of Pets. He's like, yeah. That is my secret life. If you ever left me at home by myself. We don't. He's fine. Spends literally every second with people. But I guess that'll do it for this week. Uh, if you want to find the show, you can head over to editorsnotecomics.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to reach out to the show, you can send an email to editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. And, of course, if you want to get this show a, a whole week early, you can go to patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. Give a buck our way. You'll get us a week early every single week. If you just want to wash your hands of this grossness and move on to a better arc, give us a buck. And then you can. Yeah. And you'll hear us talk about there. Spike. He does some tanning. Have you ever seen that happen? And he goes to the moon. Oh, that sounds fun. And Stonehenge. Oh, I love Stonehenge. Is that the one? No, not Stonehenge. The one with all the faces. Eastern Island? That's the one. Oh, very different things. Big rocks. Wow. Okay. It's late. Let's get you out of Maine. Give us a buck on Patreon yeah. so we can get Zach out of Maine. It's so weird when you say my name out loud. What do you want me to say? I don't know. It's just usually us talking, so we don't have the need for names usually. <laughs> so number around people are like, like Zach, I'm him. like, who are we talking about? <laughs> me? The other one. Hey, hey, how's it going? Oh yeah, that is my name. And if you want to hear more of me, I have another show, Editor's Note Comics Podcast, where I talk about news, topical things, and I guess that's really it. Life with Jared. Yeah. Bromantic. Wow. Charming. Anyway, we'll see you guys next week. For Spike. Bye.